Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And we made it to Friday. Penny for your thoughts. Glad you're with us here as we had the 4th of July right dead center in the middle of the week. And now we've made it to Friday, so another weekend ahead on this Friday, July 6th. Glad you're with us on Penny for your thoughts. As you heard, we'll uh, take your phone calls, emails, and texts today. We'll have an open line sprinkled in with a couple of things along the way. Days like today for me are kind of interesting because yesterday I had Judge Mike McCuskey scheduled uh, several weeks ago to come in uh, the day after the 4th of July on the 5th. We had a great show with him yesterday. I uh, didn't really have a whole lot planned for today uh, from, uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of leave it open and see what happens. And usually there's current events that kind of, weave their way into the uh, show and a couple of local uh, events have occurred here in the last few days that have kind of uh, got everybody's attention if you read the news gazette you'll see those stories in there today but uh, one has to do with the uh, Burnham Mansion and the move and of course that's anticipated to happen sometime this summer uh, as you have the uh, Champaign Central expansion uh, they've been acquiring properties looking acquiring land doing all the various things they're doing with that so we'll have uh, an update on that for you uh, during the course of the morning today as there's been a local uh, preservationist looking to get that big, big Burnham Mansion moved to a different location and maybe a couple of other buildings as well if that happens. So a lot tied into that and to Unit 4. That's been a big local story. And also a change at the top over at the uh, Chez uh, Center for Wounded Veterans on the University of Illinois campus that has caused a bit of a stir on campus, so we'll get into some of that uh, as well during this first hour. This is a, a sad day for a lot of us around here, uh, just a day of memory for John Foreman, who uh, passed away uh, last weekend down in St. Louis. Uh, they had visitation last night down at Morgan Funeral Home, a long, long line, a lot of people coming in to uh, see the family, Sharon and the kids, and and uh, everybody connected to the Foreman family. So we're certainly, uh, thoughts are with them today. The funeral is today at Holy Cross at 1030. So a lot of our staff members will be there uh, today, later this morning. I'll be here, though, and we'll take your phone calls, emails, and texts throughout the morning. The phone number is 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, wherever you might be, 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. So no matter the topic, no matter what your point of interest is, you can text us anytime, you can email us anytime. We'll try to get to each and every one of those on during the course of the next couple of hours, no matter what the topic is at the time. So lots to get to today, and we'll uh, come back and get it started after our opening timeout on Penny for Your Thoughts back after this. Back on Penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400, DWS. Glad you're with us, wherever you might be listening this morning. 356-9397 is how you can join us. Text us 
Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357, and email us talk at WDWS.com. Jeff is on the line. Are you in New York, Jeff? Uh, yes, I am, Brian. Yeah. Um, that's where I live now. Um, you probably don't recall it, but I had the pleasure of meeting you at Stony Brook some years back um, and uh, enjoyed that very much. And I've enjoyed your broadcasts, and uh, you're doing a nice job uh, filling in for Jim. Well, not filling in, taking over for Jim uh, on Penny for your thoughts. And um, I had an Illini baseball anecdote that uh, I wanted to share with you. I don't know if you get stats and news from the New York Penn League, which is a short season A league uh, in this area. And um, I wanted to call, I'm a little bit late because this happened on the 4th of July and I didn't get to call the sports line last night, but um, my wife and I attended a Brooklyn Cyclones game against the Aberdeen, Maryland Ironbirds on Wednesday. And uh, in left field for the Ironbirds was a young man named uh, Doran Turchin, who, according to the uh, program, was drafted in the 14th round from Illinois. Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with the name, and I don't know about his Illini career very much, but I have to say that he uh, had quite a day. He went three for four, and uh, the highlight was a home run in the third inning, which erased a one nothing deficit and actually turned out to be the game-winning home run. As I said, he was three for four. He had a double and an infield hit, so he only lacked a triple to uh, complete the cycle. Um, he also made a couple of nice plays uh, in left field, including uh, a running over-the-shoulder catch, which would have been uh, would have gone for at least a double, I'm sure. Um, coming into the game, I keep a scorecard, so I, this is how I know have all this stuff at my fingertips. Coming into the game, he was uh, batting 176 with nine hits in, 50, in 51 at bat. But uh, with that three for four, I make it that that raised his average to about 218 hmm. with two home runs, five doubles, and seven RBIs uh, following last night. As I said, I'm not familiar with his career at Illinois, but uh, it looked like he's giving a, a reasonable account of himself uh, at his first uh, stop in in uh, pro baseball. Yeah, as you and know, as you know, Jeff, that New York Penn League, that's kind of a starting point for a lot of players um, in professional ball. And it's, uh, what, a short season league, so it starts, I think, the middle of June usually is when those when those start. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so you enjoyed seeing him play? Any, any other players you were familiar with, or was that, uh, was that no, the only one? No, that was, that was the only one. I, I like to skim over all the statistics for the players and things like that, and uh, – I, my eyebrows went up when I saw uh, under previous uh, team, um, Unova of Illinois, 14th round. <laughs> I immediately nudged my wife and said, whoa, look at this. He, hope he'll have a good day. And uh, when, uh, when he, he homered on a, a one-and-two pitch, and uh, he bats right-handed, and it was a majestic, towering fly ball that left the park. Uh, mm. That's not as hard uh, an accomplishment to do as from a major league park, but he certainly uh, – cleared the left field fence and deposited it in the parking lot. And um, it was something to see. I, I had to stand up and, and applaud, and I got some strange looks and said, uh, well, uh, he's an alma mater. He played at my school. So. <laughs> and, and, they, and everybody said, oh, okay, then we understand. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. And there's a lot of former Illini around different levels of the minor leagues. So they're, 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 right. they're working their way up. 
that's right. And as you said, that's it's a if you give a good account of yourself at that level, you will get uh, looks at higher levels. And uh, you know, Baltimore is not doing that well, so hopefully they'd be looking at uh, at uh, all of their players at all their levels. And you know, hopefully you'll get a chance there. But I thought that was something that. Uh, some of you folks might be interested in Oh, knowing. yeah. No, thanks for sharing that, Jeff. Great to hear. Are you in upstate New York? No, no, we live mm. in Queens. Oh, in Queens. Okay, so you're in the heart of everything. But, uh, uh, more yeah. or less. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> a great, that, 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 that's a great league, and uh, they have uh, what, they, what they call higher A leagues, which is like the Midwest League that we have around here or the uh, Carolina League. The, usually they'll advance from that league you're talking about up to a higher A is kind of the next step, but uh, that's still, right. Still, some pretty good baseball to to see. Yes, it is. It's not. It's a. Uh, it's a fun day to go out there. Uh, my wife actually works for the Mets in uh, concession management, and um, the Cyclones are uh, a Mets affiliate that's also owned by the Wilpon and and Katz families. So, when the Mets are out of town, as they were at that time. Um, she gets to go over there and, and work at their at the Cyclones games, mm. and that's and she said, uh, "Well, come along. We'll spend uh, the fourth. They had a nice fireworks display after the game and everything, and mm-hmm. we got to see Doran as, uh, and that was kind of a, a plus." Yeah, they've got some great names for those teams too. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. At first, I I'm a Cardinal fan, as I believe you are too. I have not uh, given that up, and. Um, I thought at first with a name like that, they might be a Cardinals affiliate, but I believe they're the Cardinals affiliate in that league is at state college, Pennsylvania. If they still have uh, that team, I recall them having it in the past. Yeah, there is, there is a team in state college. I I, I assume they're in that league. That would make sense, but uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Hey, thank you, Jeff. My pleasure, Brian. Take care. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Okay. Okay, all the best. Bye-bye. Yep, you bet. Jeff out in uh, New York with us here today. Our first call of the day, 356-9397, is how you can join us on the phone lines. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357, and email us, talk at wdws.com. Yeah, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll start those players that they sign. Unless they're really, you know, number one pick, they may start at a higher level, but generally they'll start them in that, what they call low A, low level A. There's a league that used to be, and I don't know if it's still the South Atlantic League was one. Uh, you've got uh, the New York Penn League, maybe one or two others, but those are considered, I think there's one out in Montana. But you start out at that level and you work your way up, but you only play 70 games roughly. It's about a half a, it's what they call short season. And then if you play in the higher level of A ball, then you're you know, like a team in Peoria. You play 140-plus games, and then you work your way up, double-A, triple-A, and the major leagues. Now, some guys jump from double-A to the major leagues if they're really, really good. And, um, you know, Albert Pujols made the big jump years ago with the Cardinals, uh, and he was up, rose through the minor leagues very quickly and, of course, has had a Hall of Fame career. So it can happen, but a lot of guys have to start at the very bottom and, and work their way up. Three five six nine three nine seven. I happen to know that because I've lived that life. <laughs> Nine eighteen. Let's go to Rob in Champaign. Hi, Rob. Hey, Brian. Got any idea why the Cardinals don't send Dexter Fowler back to AAA to get his swing back? Oh, maybe. Well, the only thing I can think of is, do they have any options to do that? 
because oh, so some may not be able to. May, do that. may not be able to. There's uh, what they call a 40-man roster, mm-hmm. uh, and you may be limited on how many. You know, if you a guy like that, especially if he's been around a long time, um, if you take him or send him down, you may have to take him off the roster, and then you have a chance to lose him. Is usually oh. what happens and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I knew it had to be something strange because yeah. he's definitely not right, and I don't see him beating out Bader anytime soon. Yeah, and I don't know if it's that specific reason, but I just know because I've worked at uh, the AAA level and at the major league level, and I kind of know the mechanics of some of that is has to do with their contracts and, um, you know, the 40-man roster. That's really the key. So. Okay. All right. Thanks for the info. Okay, you bet. Thank you. Yeah, and and sometimes, you know, if a guy gets hurt, now if he goes on the disabled list, they could send him for a rehab. Then they could send him down and have him work on his swing and get better at it. But uh, sometimes you're limited in the, the number of times you can send somebody down. I think it's like when I was around, I think it was like three times during the course of a career or over the course of the contract or whatever where you could send him up or down. And then you've got the whole 40-man roster issue. Because even though there's only, what, 25 on the roster at the big league level, you have an overall 40-man roster of uh, guys that you can call up and down at free will and others you can't. Anyway, I hope that helps. Uh, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you, sir? Well, I'm uh, upright. But anyway, the uh, reason I called is uh what do you think uh it's kind of nice to have a president that uh keeps his campaign promises well what do you, you think know, of the what do you think of the supreme court nominees here well uh I, i'm not sure mm-hmm. you know i'm uh cautiously optimistic the the republicans have been uh bitten before on some of their nominees uh, I know the Republican presidents have picked a lot of them, but a lot of them have turned out to be liberals after you get them on the on the bench, you know. Well, it happened with David Souter uh, years ago mm-hmm. with George H.W. Bush, and it happened some more, I think, you know, Eisenhower or Nixon or, you know, some of the Republicans who uh, appointed those um, nominees. But I don't know, recently they've been pretty careful about who they've been picking. Yeah. So. Well, Sandra Day O'Connor wasn't exactly a strict constructionist. And uh, Kennedy, you know, both Reagan picks, Kennedy has been uh, like the swing vote. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't been totally uh, uh, on the Republican side. So hopefully we get one that's uh, down the line. Well, and the, and the politics of the country, the politics of the parties have changed, you know, since Reagan was president. You know, internally, the the structure of the, um, you know, the conservative wing ascended under Reagan, but there was still a lot of uh, more moderate Republicans. That's why George H.W. Bush was put on the ticket with Reagan all those years ago. Both parties, yeah, both parties, I think, are stretching to the right and to the left. Oh, yeah. Seems like, seems like the, the, the divide is greater all the time, and it probably is because... As one uh, one party goes farther to the one way, the other party wants to go farther the other way, you know? Yeah. 
Well, there's hardly much in the middle left anymore. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, the politicians that are in the middle, you can count them on maybe one or two hands. Yeah, it didn't used to be that way. used oh, to no. be a lot of uh, back and forth, you know, hashing it out and coming up with a a compromise, a workable compromise, but we don't get that anymore. And where it's really visible is in the House of Representatives because that's much more local politics as far as the, the way the districts are drawn, the way the incumbents win time after time. And if you're a Democrat in a liberal you know, district in California, you know, you're going to be reliably a blue vote. You're going to vote Democrat because that's what your constituents in that area want you to vote. So you're, Especially you know, if you're Maxine Waters. Well, and if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if your voters want that, that's the way you, you know, you're going to represent their interest. But and if you're not far enough one way or the other, they're going to primary you and get somebody who will. And that's happening, and that's happened before in both parties. Um, but the Republicans have a bigger tent and a bigger fight among themselves because they just have more members in the House. I mean, they just, you know, they're what is it, two thirty-five to. 100 something and there's just more of them so there's more chances for division you see that in the immigration bill every time it comes up yeah new york they 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 voted in that uh, marxist that woman that young woman oh she won the primary yeah Mm -hmm. yeah won the primary Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean uh, well she's a socialist i guess can you get how much farther left can you get yeah you know that's that's and that that's the struggle I think the Democratic Party's had within itself. We saw it in the in the primary in 2016. I mean the the heart, the action, the the um, I guess the hot part of the party right now is the Bernie Sanders part. I mean that's you know Hillary Clinton had to try to reach out to those voters because she was considered by them too far towards the center. Even though a lot of people a lot of people surveying the scene nationally would say she's further left. So, Bernie probably should have won if uh, if everything was on the up and up. <laughs> well, that's what people think anyway. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Brian, thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate Bye. the phone call. Swanson Roofing, hands on. The uh, Swanson Roofing uh, team, led by Corey, a graduate of Rantoul High School and the University of Illinois. Swanson Roofing Dog, truly a family-owned uh, business. It's comprised of roofing professionals certified in roof installation. All of the crew or company employees receive full benefits and 401Ks. They've been with the company for uh, many years, so they want every customer to be totally satisfied with their new roof, and they guarantee their workmanship for the lifetime of the roof. And if you had your roof done by somebody else, don't worry about it. They'll come out and take a look at it. They serve uh, Champaign, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties. And they're happy to give you a free estimate. Uh, give them a call, 217-355-ROOF, 217-355-7663, or Swanson Roofing at theroofingdog.com. Todd Salen has come by the uh, studio. Mr. Barnhart, how are you? Are you? Sir? Good. Good to see I, you. I, Life treating us. Yeah, yes. You're doing, treating doing well. You look healthy. You look well. You got back from a mission trip in Rockford. I was there all last week yeah. uh, with our churches, uh, three different churches, and mm-hmm. back selling real estate mm-hmm. again. Pull yeah, that mic a little closer there. I have. Yeah. Uh, I always have about 17 projects going at once, you know, <laughs> between real estate and getting Annie ready for the stage and... Now yeah. I'm going to convention next week to try to change the world in the, in in Greek affairs in the fraternity life. We're going <laughs> to redraft a whole bunch of uh, 
things that haven't changed in a hundred years, like like mm-hmm. pledge ship and all. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. So I saw your name in the paper today. Yeah, was uh, it was, I be, was it for being arrested I, 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 or no. for something else? <laughs> no, nothing bad. Oh, I just okay. uh, you're involved with what is it, Chris Inc. Chris Inc. Who is the gentleman trying to move the uh, mansion, right? The Burn mansion, mansion and, the, and the other houses over there across from Central. If you'd have told me back in back in uh, December when Carolyn Baxley called me, Carolyn and Norman Baxley called me about uh, saving Burnham, that we'd still be talking about it in July, and I said you were crazy because I really thought that this was a wild, uh, a, a wild, a, goo- a wild goose chase, and here we are. Uh, it looks like it's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Because originally the thought was, well, this is going to be torn down. Right, and the you know the unit fours get getting the land, and they're going to expand to central and all of that, and then Chris stepped in, and now what he's looking to move that building and potentially two others, right? Right, yeah. right. We spent uh, we we started originally trying to trying to trying to save the building in the space where it's at, and and rebuilding it inside the space that it was at, and then that wasn't really real, realistic because we were going to be within the footprint of the high school where it was going to stay, mm-hmm. which meant there were going to be restrictions from the state that came in saying you know you, you could only do certain things, have certain kind of businesses, and it wasn't really realistic. Realistic. Then Chris stepped in and said, well, let's move it, and so then we started looking for. Uh, Land. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, where do you move it? That's well, the next question. And how yeah. far can you move it? Yeah. You know, well, we can move it about three blocks is about mm-hmm. how far we can move it. And so we were looking for lots within three blocks and eventually landed on that, that lot there on the corner of uh, Church. Uh, is that Church? Church and... Um, uh, the little street there that goes in yeah, front of the funeral home, park, right? Yeah. By Westside Park. Or Lynn. Lynn. Church mm-hmm. and Lynn. Yeah. No, Church and Park. And uh, and so we ended up on that lot. And, um, and And the good thing about that lot is that all three buildings can fit there. Mm-hmm. That's really nice because that's the, the, the I say nursing a funeral home right. There's a funeral next home right it, right yeah. next to it. And they, did there used to be a funeral home in that spot? That was an or? office building. That was a office Fleetwood building. office building, and okay. it got torn down. Um, so not only is it a, is it a, is it a good sized lot, but it's already vacant, which means that Chris can move the house there and not have the foundation there when he moves it. So he can pull it off the lot that it's at now and set it there while he builds the foundation. Mm-hmm. For the new house. So uh, Todd Salem with us here for a few minutes. Now, what's your involvement with him, and what do you, what, well, you, what, just, what are they trying to do? I saw investors, and they're trying to yeah, do some things. Chris asked me to uh, recently. My, I've been involved from a real estate standpoint, trying to find the land and do a lot, do a bunch of stuff. More than anything, um, I, I feel like I've kind of been uh, the middleman in this whole thing, kind of a kind of a negotiator um, between the school district and the people involved, because the school district thought we were nuts. And we, and they've been good to work with, but it's been hard. And so anyway, long long story short, now we're at the point where we're going to move it. And Chris Chris could use about seventy five thousand dollars more. It's about a three million dollar project. And he, and if he could find a couple of investors at about twenty five thousand a pop, they'd they'd get five percent equity in the in the program, and and that would be nice. He doesn't absolutely need it. It's going to happen with or without, but mm-hmm. it'd be nice. Well, what he's looking to do maybe is what create some apartments. Mm-hmm. Get it moved and then redo everything. And between the three buildings, you'll have thirty apartments and you'll have thirty-eight beds. So some of those apartments will be doubles. Uh, and uh, he so he's going to recondition all three buildings and turn them back into apartments. Um, and isn't it that'll be a nice? I think that's just going to be a perfect location right across the street from Westside Park. Um, and there's some grand houses on that street between the funeral homes that are there and some of the other houses around the corner on University. Mm-hmm. It's just a great place. And remind people the what are the other two buildings? That uh, the Bailey about. House is mm-hmm. one, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on yeah. the other. Uh, mm-hmm. um, here's the paper right here. Yeah, Deb Press, right by the here. way, Deb Pressy from the Gazette has been phenomenal. Uh, the Edward Bailey House and its Carriage House is what Carriage so House. Yeah, Deb has mm-hmm. been phenomenal in, in her accuracy and her, her her her. She's been digging into the story for six months, and she's done a great job. So uh, you've been involved in some of the property and moving around. So physically, 
moving this thing. This huge, what, huge what, what, building. What, what's involved? With that? I, I, I want to be there to watch them lift it off the foundation and roll it down the street. Um, that's literally what they're going to do. They pick it up in one piece and they're going to roll it down the street. Good news, it's only it's only got to go to block. And and but Chris has moved houses as far as a couple of miles, mm-hmm. so he's got experience doing this, and he, and and he's got experience moving historic houses, so mm-hmm. old, really old houses is what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Talking with Todd Salen for a couple of minutes here, and talking about the Burnham Mansion and the move. So, what's the deadline timeline here? What for these buildings? They're negotiating that right now. Okay. In the story today, it says that uh, he's been talking to the school board, trying to get a little bit of an extension, because I don't think he closes on the land until the twentieth of June, and the, and the school district really wanted to see it move on the fourteenth. So, so we're within a couple of weeks, one way or another. But I think that from the school district standpoint now, if he's going to move all three houses, that means they're not going to do any demo right there on that lot. Mm-hmm. So it, probably they're, they're going to come out ahead. Yeah. And I guess the other two properties, uh, there's some other bidders. for the. the, they, they had, the I think they have to open it up so that they get a bid on it. You know, if somebody else wants to move it and wants to pay the price, they're, they're a public entity. So they, have to, they can't just give it mm-hmm. to him to take. They have right. to go through the procedure. There's a process there, yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating story. A lot of people have, you know. It's been, a, it's yeah. been an incredible civics lesson for me. I've learned a lot about the school board. I've learned a lot about how the city works. Um, it's really been – but here's the good news. You know, everybody along the way – a lot of people have told me I was crazy to be working on this. There's no question about that. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who, whose attitude, both in the city and in the school board and, and the developers, who have said, let's try to make this work. And so a lot of positive people trying to trying to do the right thing. And mm-hmm. that's been fun to work on. Yeah. You're doing good. I mentioned your uh, health. You Bounce back you know, from cancer, and I've been in remission now for 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting thing is that uh, in October I'm going to come off my immunotherapy drug, so I, hopefully nothing, <laughs> nothing will change in my life <laughs> after that. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's uh, that's going to be my two year two years of having taken it, and the doctor's going to take me off yeah. it then. So hopefully it'll just keep going the right yeah, way. Yeah, you're a great, inspiring story. I know you've been involved with coaches versus cancer and yeah. all the different things. Because you was it colon cancer? I've had six kinds. Yeah. Of, I had six yeah. kinds of cancer, starting yeah. with colon cancer, and uh, we've beaten all six kinds. Uh, a lot, a lot of prayers from uh, the, the community and my friends, and uh, a lot of great doctors over at Carl yeah. who just do terrific work. Well, Tom, thanks for the update on this. Yeah, on the Burnham Mansion, and we'll uh, keep us posted if you. Hear anything new? I, I will. This, uh, I think I think we're going to have a, our own little fireworks show in a couple of weeks when this house moves. Uh, I don't think yeah. we want to miss that. Yeah, and I guess the goal, everything on that, when, if they can get it to that lot across from Westside Park, when will everything be in place? I would and, say and, I, I'd say it's six months before it all is is up and actually all plugged in. Let's get you and Mike Hale that will kind of walk down the street with the house. How would that be? Huh? <laughs> That'd make interesting radio. That's yeah, for sure. It, huh? Yeah, Todd, thank you. Pleasure. Appreciate it. All right, we have news headlines with Michael Kaiser. Let's take a quick break, Blake, maybe a minute or two, and we'll come back with the news. All right, ran a little long here. We need to get to the news with uh, Michael Kaiser here, the news headlines. Appreciate Todd Salen. He was stopping by, so I thought we'll put him on real quick. He's been involved with the um, moving of the Burnham Mansion. Michael Kaiser is here. I know that's the story we'll uh, we'll keep following, but oh yeah, pretty interesting uh Involvement there, and uh, now three buildings potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all in that spot there, just um, right across from uh, Westside Park. There's an empty lot right yeah. there along Church Street. There's a lot of moving parts, if you will, with, yeah. with this yeah. uh, pro- project, and it's been interesting to follow. And you know, Deb and Tim Dittman and everybody in our newsroom did a great job keeping an eye on that. Stayed on top of that, and uh, we'll see what happens. School board's going to talk about that on Monday night. Uh, the next steps that they're dealing with because it's. 
so far the closing date is beyond the original deadline of July 15th, but you know that both sides have been working pretty well together, so I imagine they'll get it worked out, but we'll see what develops over the next couple of weeks. All right. Hey, the news is next with Michael Kaiser. Running a couple minutes late here. We'll let him go to work and back with more Penny after this. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Any for your thoughts continues here on DWS. If you've ever had a collision, that's a serious matter. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair Facility is here to help. Dave Miller and Bill Gallo, they're very passionate about what they do. They've been in this business for about two decades now. They are hands-on. Now, you can't say that about every collision repair facility, but in this case, you do. And here's what you do. If you have an accident, uh, have their uh, number, have their location handy for you right away. Uh, and just have it in your glove box or whatever and say after you get all the State Farm or Allstate, whoever your insurance is with, get that taken care of there on the scene, of course. Get the numbers, phone numbers, exchange the information, and then give these guys a call, and they'll take care of the rest of it. Just give them the keys. They'll uh, give you the estimates that you need. What's it going to cost? Is it totaled? Is it not totaled? Can they repair it? What can they do? Uh, and then uh, it'll they'll deal with the insurance adjusters. They'll take care of all the in-between steps. They'll do all that for you and uh, just kind of walk you through it and stay in contact with you and keep you updated. So free estimates are always offered. They know what a hassle this is. Gallomiller.com is the location. They're at Kenyon Road there, the south side of I-74, between the Neal Street and Prospect Exits. Very attractive building. You can't miss it. So just remember the name, Gallo Miller, the next time you're in a scrape, maybe a fender bender of some sort. Uh, if you've been in a serious accident, your uh, car may wind up being totaled, but they can help with that. If you've backed out of the garage like I did and took off your mirror, you can go do that. They can help repair that and give you an estimate on all of that. So Gallo Miller uh, is the place to go for any collision repair. Julie Wurst going to join me here in a moment. Uh, Carl is in Champaign. Good morning, Carl. Hi, Brian. I'm going to be make an unusual suggestion for Penny for your thoughts. All right. Uh, in two weeks, there's going to be a convention in San Diego called Comic-Con. And a lot of stuff is announced about different movies and everything that are going on. And I was wondering if afterwards you might contact an entertainment reporter to go through what, what, all, ha- what all happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that might be interesting. Comic-Con, I have heard of that. Yeah, it's uh, apparently a lot of the entertainment magazines and stuff like that uh, go because a lot of a lot of important announcements are made about who's going to be cast for a movie and what oh. upcoming movies there might be. Oh, okay, okay. So when does that occur, in a couple uh, of weeks? Yes, uh, about the same time I... I I think it's the same week that uh, the Big Ten Media Day is oh, on. Oh, okay. And okay. Yeah, I'll... I think uh, July 19th is the beginning. Okay. Well, I'll follow up on that. And so a lot of interesting stuff happens. Okay. Anyway. It's a great idea. Thank you, Carl. 
Okay, thank you very much. Yep, three uh, five. Thank you, sir. Three five six nine three nine seven is how you can join us. Text us Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven and email us talk at wdws dot com. I mentioned one of the big stories was the Burnham Mansion. Uh, we talked with Todd Salen about that here just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Julie Worth has been covering the. Uh, University of Illinois uh, Chez Center for Wounded Veterans uh, at the uh, University of Illinois. And, uh, Julie, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Good. Brian? I know you're getting ready to go to uh, Mr. Foreman's funeral. Yes, so yes. We're I'm all pretty. I didn't get a chance to talk to you the other day about how long um, you've known him a long time, right? Yeah, I came here in 1987, and he was already um, editor-in-chief at that point, but he'd just been the city editor. And I had the good fortune of having him edit a few stories of mine over the years. Always <laughs> made them better. Always kind of intimidating, but uh, we're going to miss him a lot. Well, those are the things that when you first meet him, you're always very intimidated by him because he's so he's big, <coughs> had that big beard, and uh, you thought, huh, I wonder if he really likes me, you know. And <laughs> then know- as you got to know him, you realized, yeah, he really did. It's, I noticed uh, that in the story today that somebody said he seemed gruff at first and, you know, intimidating, but... Uh, I think it was Cheryl Thompson who said that it, you know, he really was a great editor though, and, mm-hmm. and used that intimidation well once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember him sending me a message on deadline because I had written a sidebar before the main story, mm-hmm. and the message was full of exclamation points. He was not happy with that, and mm-hmm. I would never did that again. Well, uh, there's been some leadership changes at the uh, U of I Chez Center for Wounded Veterans. For people that don't know, and you're involved in this a lot because you cover this a lot. My wife. Uh, knows a lot about this. Uh, she knows a lot of the the people involved there. But um, what is the Chez Center for Wounded Veterans first, I guess? Right. It was uh, created with the help from the Chez family, which made, a, I think, a $6 million pretty substantial donation mm-hmm. to create this. And it was intended to give wounded veterans specifically and those who sustained in you know milita- military-related injuries um, a way to transition from military life to campus and to college life. Um, and so they wanted to pull together those kind of services, and it has a residential aspect as well. There's room for 14 veterans to stay there. Um, it's had a little bit of a, not a rocky history, but an interesting history. It opened in 2015, and right before it opened, the original director left, and uh, Nick Osborne, who was then associate director, became the interim and eventually the full-time director. And for a while, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't filling a lot of those beds. I think there was some discussion about whether, you know, the focus should be specifically on wounded veterans versus all veterans. All the parties involved now say that they want it to serve all veterans. Mm-hmm. That was a, its mission initially. But obviously, there's been some change this week. The uh, dean of the College of Applied Health Sciences uh, notified the director in June that he was no longer going to have that position. The associate director has also been reassigned to other duties. And... Um, there's some discussion about why that why that mm-hmm. happened. She says the center um, needs a new administrative structure, needs a faculty leader, needs more emphasis on research and teaching, um, and needs to focus more on on the comprehensive veteran services. Um, the director obviously has some mm-hmm. other ideas about why yeah. this might have happened. And this happens sometimes, but you know, people have a difference in philosophy or the the direction they want to go. Right. Once something is up and running, that seems to be what's what's going on here it, the the dean's letter uh, this decision created quite a bit of uproar among a lot of the student veterans who were close to nick um you know they liked his style he was very open and transparent and he says he's been arguing to do these very same things since the beginning didn't get much help from the administration um there seems to be more going on behind the scenes um but a lot of the students were caught by surprise by this announcement they've written a lot of letters to the dean i understand she's been meeting with some of them so you know some people aren't very happy about this and uh, i suspect we'll be hearing more about it um you know they they praised him for being you know open with them and a good 
sounding board and involving them in the mission. Um, but I think the dean says that you know it needs to address some of the areas that haven't been addressed. Yeah, Julie Worth with us here for a couple of minutes. Her story's in the News Gazette today. You can uh, read it. There's right. a lot of good uh, good detail in there. For people that uh, may not be familiar, where is it located? It's in over in Urbana uh, near mm -hmm. the, uh, not far from Cranert, over mm -hmm. in that area. Kind of just Nevada. Off of, yeah, in mm -hmm. Lincoln Avenue, mm -hmm. right. And it's a fairly nice building, very nice building. I think $14 million facility has a lot of nice you know, support spaces in there. And, and uh, we've done a few stories on it you can find on our website in the past as well. Sure. And uh, the other big event of the week was the College of Medicine, Carl College of Medicine. And uh, we've got a little tape coming up here in a little bit, but your conversation with King Lee, right, the new right. dean, which again, it goes about 30 minutes. You covered a lot of ground. Well, but he uh, had a lot of things to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, kind of in advance of the college opening. Their first day was Monday. They welcomed the students. They've been going through an orientation program this week, and they'll kind of start up you know, hot and heavy on Monday with their first unit. It's a really interesting place where they're sort of approaching medical education from a whole new direction, you know, getting students involved in these patient case studies immediately and incorporating all these basic programs like anatomy and physiology into these case studies with high-tech mannequins and live patients and visits over to Carl. And it's a pretty mm -hmm. cool thing. Um, and the dean, you should listen to the podcast because he's fascinating. His own research is about robots delivering cancer drugs to the brain, and it's it's <laughs> fascinating. So, yeah, yeah, and the University of Illinois, of course, with all the engineering and everything that goes on in that area. I right. Mean, uh, see, I know he was attracted by that. Yeah, he said this was a job he couldn't possibly have turned down because it was right mm -hmm. up his alley, because the blend of technology and medicine. He, um, the, the college has, cre has created a couple, of, with help from donors, created a couple of different sort of high-tech. There's a biomaker lab where they sort of blend biotechnology and engineering, and and a, a whole series of what they call maker labs on campus that they're christening the medical maker lab where they're hoping students can sort of look at the way medicine is delivered, come up with new ways to do that in better ways to improve their own training and, and healthcare, and actually make the products they're envisioning and the drugs and the treatments right there at the time. Mm -hmm. It's it's a pretty interesting yeah. concept. Well, those are two big university stories. Right. You know, one that's been a little st of stir, controversial, I guess, and the other one's been with the College of Medicine and Carl has been pretty exciting to see uh, take off. It's been so. a long time in the making. You know, Phyllis yeah. Wise and, and some other folks got this going about five years ago, and, and mm -hmm. here we are. So, yeah. Anything big this weekend you're writing uh, about? Uh, not nine? that I know of okay. yet, but there's always something that pops up on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> Better get out of here before Rosso <laughs> finds you, right? Right. <laughs> hey, right. Julie, thank you. Thanks, Brian. We'll look for your work, your podcast, all of that uh, online in the News Gazette. Let's take a break here, uh, Blake, shall we? Back with more after this. On the news hour this afternoon, Clergy Corner with Melanie Jackson, plus the latest local news, sports, and weather from ABC Heating and Air. This afternoon at 4 on DWS. All right, appreciate it. Doing things on the fly a little bit today. Todd Salen came by. We talked a little bit about the Burnham Mansion, all that's happening there. And then uh, Julie Worth. Uh, just about to head to uh, John Foreman's funeral, but uh, she's able to stop by for a few minutes. A couple of big U of I stories this week. With the College of Medicine, Carl, Illinois College of Medicine, and of course the um, Chess Center for Wounded Veterans controversy that's uh, gone back and forth there. So you can read all about that in the News Gazette. Read all about it, as they say. Hey, if you're looking for a home this weekend, maybe you're going home shopping or, you, you know, they have those uh, open houses, what is it, usually two to four. They usually do those in the afternoon on a weekend. Maybe you want to look at some of those homes and you think, well, might be fun to look, but I could never afford this. Well, maybe you don't know that. How much are you pre-approved for? Well, you can find that out today. And our friends Steve and Pam Starwalt 
They've worked closely over the years. Uh, they're at Keller Williams, the husband and wife team, but they've worked with Damian Spencer at Fisher National Bank. 1710 South Neal in Champaign. Uh, today is Friday. You want to go looking at homes tomorrow or Sunday, uh, but you don't know what size home, amount of mortgage you're eligible for. Damien at Fisher National Bank can get that information to you right away today so you have the information you need, and that will probably save you some time. Say, well, I'm really not approved for that much, so I probably uh, maybe just go take a quick look, but let's get serious and look at the ones that we're approved for. So, I think that'll help you in that regard, whether you're uh, transitioning from one home to another, you're downsizing, maybe your family's grown. Family's getting bigger. You need some more room. Uh, Stephen Pam, with the help of Damien at Fisher National Bank, can help with that transition from uh, one mortgage to another. The number is 239-7156, 239-7156. If you have any questions about buying a home, how much is needed for your mortgage, call that same number. And uh, Stephen Pam uh, Starwall to get you uh, lined up with Damien at First Fisher National Bank, 1710 South Neal in Champaign. They also have locations in Muhammad and Fisher, but uh, Damien works at the one on Neal Street in Champaign. So check that out. Get uh, pre-approved. Find out what you're pre-approved for. That's the biggest thing. And be armed with the information you need to uh, go look at homes this weekend. 356-9397. We're at 956. That's the phone number. Open line here time this morning. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Some of the other uh, news of the day, we've mentioned um, the uh, Burnham Mansion. We've mentioned also the uh, Chez Center for Wounded Veterans at the national level. U.S. and China have hiked tariffs on billions of dollars of each other's goods, launching what Beijing called the biggest trade war in economic history. In a spiraling dispute over technology, the Trump administration confronting China over development tactics, it says, includes stealing or pressuring foreign companies to hand over technology. So that's uh, one of the economic headlines today. The other has to do with the U.S. employers keeping up a brisk hiring pace in June. 213,000 jobs added in a sign of confidence despite a looming trade war with China. Labor Department says the unemployment rate went up from 3.8 to 4 as more people began looking for work. Average hourly pay rose just 2.7% from a year earlier. So that's also a headline. And Scott Pruitt bowing out as chief of the Environmental Protection Agency. He's been uh, under pressure to step down in recent months. Uh, He turns over the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, over a far less flashy deputy. Expected to continue uh, Pruitt's rule-cutting, business-friendly ways as steward of the country's environmental future. With Pruitt's departure, the president lost an administrator many conservatives regarded as one of the more effective members of his cabinet. But he's been dogged for months by scandals that spawn more than a dozen federal and congressional investigations. The EPA Deputy Administrator, Andrew Wheeler, a former coal industry lobbyist, will take the helm as acting administrator starting on Monday. And again, the Supreme Court opening. President says he's narrowed down to two or three the list of contenders. He's considering to fill the vacancy for the Supreme Court held by retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy. President was at a campaign rally in Montana. There's something you don't see a lot. A campaign rally in Montana. Uh, They say he's wrapped up the interview process, moving closer to picking his court nominee amid intense jockeying 
from various factions to influence the choice. His current top contenders are federal appeals court judges Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and Raymond Kethledge, said a person familiar with Trump's thinking who was not authorized to speak publicly. <laughs> I always get a chuckle out of that. All right, uh, more open line time here in hour number two. We'll take your phone calls. Any topic you'd like to bring up, feel free to do that. May touch a little more on the uh, Carl Illinois College of Medicine. Just give you a little sample of the uh, podcast that Julie Worth did with King Lee, who is the uh, dean of that college, give you an idea of what they're thinking about when it comes to the future of medicine. But other than that, we're just taking phone calls as we close out a uh, Friday here after a busy week with the 4th of July right there in the middle of the week. Got a little bit of a today in history. We'll get to that today. And also touch on maybe a couple of things you may have missed during the course of the week as well if we get some time. So, again, the phone calls, emails, and texts all welcome. We'll get to those in hour number two on Penny for Your Thoughts right here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Tone. It is 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, good morning. Welcome back. Hour number two, Penny for Your Thoughts. Open line time here in this second hour. We've had a busy week. Lots of things happening along the way. Really enjoyed uh, Judge Mike McCuskey yesterday. Had a lot of great phone calls and emails and texts on that, on his various topics. Interesting thing with him is, and I think Judge Steigman has the same effect, uh, but both of those guys, um, A, know a lot of people at pretty high levels have interacted in various capacities down through their careers and always really have a good story usually to go with something related that everybody's talking about. So I just find people like that very, very interesting to uh, have on the air. Glad you enjoyed that yesterday. On Monday, by the way, coming up, Penny, for your thoughts, Monday is the uh, Cunningham uh, Children's Home uh, Kendall Gill golf outing. Kendall Gill's going to come by the studio for a few minutes on his way to play golf on Monday. So we'll have Kendall Gill on, 10 o'clock hour, I think, is when he's going to stop by. And then uh, 9 a.m. during the 9 a.m. hour for about 20 minutes, we'll have Erica Harold, who's uh, running for attorney general, of course, former uh, Miss America, well-known around town here. Uh, but uh, we'll visit with her in the first hour on Monday. Mark Shagnon's going to join us later in the week, next week. And we'll see what else we uh, come up with along the way. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number on this uh, Friday. This is July 6th. What's our high today? 83. It's certainly less humid than it's been the last few days. And hopefully we can enjoy that for a uh, couple of days. You can also text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Of course, the uh, tariffs, big news today with the uh, U.S. and China and kind of some retaliation by the Chinese. I've got a list of items that uh, there's about 128 items, I think, that would be affected by uh, the uh, 
I guess, trade war, if you will, with uh, China and the uh, U.S. That was a big headline today. Let's see. I believe we have, uh, is this Fred Gertz? Fred. Right. I'm on the line. Thank how, you. How are you? Just fine. Good. Uh, what, what are you doing? These, are you, do you ever get any time off? Well, I guess I have a lot of time off. <laughs> okay. I time off. I'm, I'm semi-retired. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. But it uh, seems like you're always working. You're on the air a lot anyway. So. Right. Yeah. Hey, give, quickly, the, the tariff uh, the, the, with China, who's going to be affected by this? Farmers? Or? Well, in a sense, everyone. Uh, it's, it's part of a, a game that's being played that uh, is escalating. So, again, <clears throat> any one tariff probably is not uh, particularly significant. But then when you... When the U.S. imposes something, other countries uh, retaliate and it ends up with uh, a kind of uh, vicious circle. So, again, uh, uh, and there are always unintended consequences. So if you uh, uh, put tariffs on one thing, it may help some U.S. producers, but then it may hurt others. Like, for example, if you put a tariff on imported steel, that may have a slight impact on U.S. steelmakers, but it may also increase the cost for uh, U.S. companies who are using steel as an input, so it, it's kind of a, a vicious circle. And then the other side, is, in addition to the game played among the uh, among the businesses, there's also the imp- impact on consumers, and the consumer impact is almost always uh, somewhat higher prices. So again, uh, this is one of those c- cases where uh, Illinois is probably not going to uh, benefit very much because obviously we're uh, major uh, exporters of uh, agricultural products and. Uh, there's some stress now in the soybean area, at least. So, yeah. again, it's kind of a negative thing. But, again, you have to look at it as part of the bigger picture. And I, I assume that the uh, Trump administration would say, well, we're doing these things on a uh, strategic basis temporarily, and the hope is to gather countries to uh, uh, reduce their tariffs, things of that sort, which uh, may work, but that's generally not uh, not the way things happen. It goes the other direction where you get uh, – higher and higher tariffs as opposed to lower tariffs. Yeah, and I guess, as you say, it's part of a strategy, you think, is what's going on to f- to yeah. try to eventually the, the, yeah. lo- lower the tariffs, but right now using it as a negotiating ploy, right? Right. And tariffs basically uh, uh, hurt uh, both countries in a sense. It reduces the ability to uh, benefit from trade. And, again, it, it's, not a, it's not that every person in the United States is hurt by a tariff. Uh, there are a few people who are are help because of um, incre- increasing their uh, uh, return in terms of businesses or particular kinds of labor. But overall, uh, we're, as economists would say, we're kind of moving resources from efficient areas into inefficient areas. In the long run, that's not a very good uh, mm-hmm. kind of strategy for anyone to uh, to undertake. I know so it. again, this is what sort of is united uh, uh, before uh, the Trump administration. There was always a lot of, uh, of, of discussion of why don't we uh, protect U.S. jobs, why don't we promote U.S. manufacturing. Uh, most of the presidents have not followed that uh, direction, and, and for good reason. The good reason is that it's not easy to do. And what seems to be sometimes an obvious thing is actually uh, uh, works in the opposite direction. It has a perverse effect, and this is the case where, where this happening. Mm-hmm. Fred Gers is with us for a couple minutes. We're talking about tariffs. Uh, so will people see immediate, like, increase in certain products because of this, or does it take a while? It's unlikely. I mean, uh, the world economy is a very uh, complicated uh, place, and any one tariff, <clears throat> as we talked about, is not uh, not going to be uh, catastrophic. So 
the effect would probably be uh, fairly gradual over a period of time. And again, the, uh, the Trump administration has a, a kind of a tendency to go in one direction and then a few days later say, well, we're not going quite as far as we said. We're going to back off. So uh, there's a question about uh, how far they're going to uh, push this. The other thing which makes it uh, difficult, for example, if you're a, a U.S. steel manufacturer and you say, well, I'm going to build a new plant because of uh, a tariffs on, on imported steel, uh, that could change any, any time. You start building your plant and then a month from now, the administration could say, well, we, we changed our mind. We're not going to impose those tariffs, and you're stuck with a, a plant that's probably not going to be very efficient. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a complicated kind of thing, and it's uh, uh, in most economic uh, issues, there, there are a lot of uh, ramifications, unseen kind of uh, implications. And this is an example of that where, uh, from a uh, standpoint of, well, uh, there, there are uh, U.S. steel Producers aren't doing very well. Why don't we place a, a tariff on steel? That seems like a pretty straightforward thing. But once you look at the whole picture, it tends to be not a very mm-hmm. effective way of, uh, of trying to promote things. And I know, Fred, uh, a lot of people say, well, why are we why are we even doing this? I mean, what, what's been the biggest gripe with China? Is it computer parts? I mean, the technology? Well, what, what's been the issue? Yeah, there's a uh, – if you, if you try to put the best face on it uh, for, the, for the Trump administration, it would be, well – uh, we're really not worried about uh, Chinese exports and things of that sort, but we are worried about uh, uh, the Chinese maybe using uh, U.S. Uh, technology improperly, uh, uh, spying, things of that sort. So the argument could be, well, maybe they're imposing tariffs in order to uh, try to uh, get China to uh, change intellectual property laws, things of that sort. So that's a, that's kind of putting a, a, a good face on it. I'm not sure that's really what's mm-hmm. happening. But if there's any any benefit from this, that might be the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the way to defend it. All right. So I guess the overall uh, picture is uh, there's a, not one particular tariff, but it's combined, and it'll affect some good and some not so well. Right. Yeah. And this is kind of a strange thing. I mean, there's all these jokes about economists never being able to uh, reach a, cons- a conclusion or a consensus, so on. but this is the case where almost every economist, except uh, uh, President Trump's uh, advisor, uh, are uh, very negative about these kind of things. Hmm. All right, hey Fred, have a great weekend. Okay, thanks. Th- thanks for thanks, coming Fred. on. Appreciate Bye. it. Bye, Fred Gertz of University of Illinois is uh, with us there for a couple of minutes. Just wanted to get somebody that knows what they're talking about. When it comes to tariffs, I can kind of read about it, and uh, I can talk about what I see, but it's uh, good to have somebody on who really understands those things. So anyway, any comments on any of that? Any comments on any of the stories we've had today? Anything nationally? Anything you want to bring up that doesn't have anything to do with anything we've talked about? You can bring that up, too, on an open line here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Either call 356-9397 or text three five one five three five seven or email at talk at wdws.com cardinals won last night beat the giants 11 to 2 don't know if you stayed up to uh, see any of that or hear any of that uh jed jerko three hits including a home run and five rbis matt carpenter harrison bader also went deep yada your melina singling three times cardinals had a season high 18 hit attack Luke Weaver, who's been pitching well, I think, at times this year, retired his first 16 batters, left the game after allowing two hits over eight innings. Well, you get that pitching. Pitching's the name of the game, let me tell you. 
And, of course, the Cubs have been hot. They had their nice uh, winning streak, but uh, let's see if they can keep that going. They'll be on the West Coast coming up. I think that's where Ed Bond is. Ed Bond's taking a train to the West Coast. I think he's going to see the uh, Cubs and Giants out uh, in San Francisco, which is one of the most beautiful parks I've ever been in. There where the Giants play, right on the water, right by the bay. It is pretty. Candlestick Park <laughs> was not that pretty. And it was right on the bay. They did it right with uh, Pack Bell Park, whatever they call it now. They're on the other side of the bay. 10-20 at DWS. Let's take a, a quick break, shall we, Mr. Landa? And back with more after this. Hey, it's Scott Beatty. Close out your week this evening with Sports Talk. Matt Daniels will join me, plus the world according to Bob Osterson and Good Call, Bad Call. Sports Talk tonight at 5 here on DWS. Welcome back, Penny, for your thoughts. A couple of texts in on the uh, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. What is the status of the rebuild of the I-57 and I-74 interchange? I've not seen any updates in the paper lately. I have not either because I know they've talked about that. I uh, When you go off of I-57 to go to I-74 to the east, they've had issues with trucks tipping over because of the angle of the the ramp or whatever isn't quite right. I have not heard anything on that in a long time. That's a really good question. If anybody knows, maybe you're out there with IDOT or anybody else uh, connected to things like that, feel free to uh, give us a call or a text or an email. And it says here, one texture says, FYI, December corn is up 2.5. November beans up 19. Now, the price of beans have been going down, right? Somebody told me that yesterday. Uh, but uh, this texture says, hey, the market reacted positive after tariff was put in place. That is from Dave. Now, that's good to know. I remember when my friend, uh, late friend Dave Shaw used to read the uh, grain markets. Remember that on the noon news? <laughs> and growing up on the farm, I knew the price of beans and corn just about every day. My parents still do. My dad still does pretty much. But uh, I don't I don't I haven't followed it as close. But uh, this texture says, hey, the corn's up, beans are up, so uh, maybe it's a good thing. We'll see. Uh, let's go to uh, Gifford, to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, Brian, how are you guys doing? Good. How are, how are things in Gifford? Uh, pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Pretty nice. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, this Fred Girk, I'm not familiar with him. Who, who The guy that, that was on just talking, who is he? Mm, he's over at the University of Illinois. Um, I forget which... Um, I can't remember the name of the uh, which which college he was with, but uh, okay, so yeah. he's some kind of uh, teacher or something. At yeah, oh yeah, he was there. He's semi-retired now. He's on with the Rudy guys uh, pretty oh, okay. frequently. Yeah, I would love to have asked him. You know, I I sussed out. I came in late on this conversation. Mm-hmm. I kind of sussed out that he's probably not for the tariffs. Um, I think most most economists aren't. Okay, uh, my question that most economists then would be well. Has the current course of free trade agreements benefited the United States? That's what I would like to ask mm-hmm. because we're in massive debt to China and other countries. We have no manufacturing to speak of. We got some, but not much. We're not an economic powerhouse anymore. We're in massive debt. We're in massive trade debt. Uh, we are literally a slave to China for our goods. Mm-hmm. For our manufacturing, for our high tech, our low tech manufacturing, we are a slave to China. And they hold a lot of our uh, currency, right? In debt. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to free trade agreements and uh, 
opening relations with China. That, that's one thing I wish President Nixon never would have done was open relations with China. I think that was a horrible mistake. But uh, H. Ross Perot was correct, in my opinion. Uh, free trade agreements only be- with the United States have only benefited the other countries. I think that's kind of where uh, I think that's kind of where Trump lined up with Perot, if you know, because uh, Perot was talking about yeah. that, you know, 25 years ago. He's absolutely right. I mean, the farmers may be making some kind of a benefit, but if that's the case, I mean, if the farmers, I mean, and I'm not knocking all the farmers, but if they're if they're going to be making a ton of money, but the rest of the country has just gone to pieces, that that's not good either. There's got to be a better way for the farmers to make money without the rest of the country suffering. Hmm. Uh, and I know they're they're worried about. China stealing our our technology, but if China is going to produce our technology, our computers and cell phones and stuff, well, they're going to get the technology. There's no way you can keep them from stealing our technology if they're producing the technology. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's been Trump's biggest complaint, I think, right? Well, yeah. I mean, not only that, they they make a lot of stuff for our military. So if we really get into it seriously, and China is making no bones about it, they want to take us on. If they were, if they get into us, and if it really gets bad, all they got to do is cut our military off, quit supplying the military. I mean, they're gonna make tires for our vehicles and all kinds of stuff. A lot of the computer problem, a lot of this stuff comes from China. If we if we can't produce our own manufacturing, if we can't produce our own stuff, we are enslaved to these other countries. It's the, the in my opinion, it's the globalist elitist. Who want these free trade agreements? And you know, yeah, the Wall Street's going to walk away with a ton of money they get off on the cheap slave labor overseas and stuff like that. And of course, there's no and the Democrats should be totally against this stuff because there's no protection for those people that are working in China, Mexico, Vietnam, Indonesia, these other places. There's no regulations on clean production, so there's no EP. I mean, there's there's nothing to keep their production clean. There's nothing to protect the workers. Uh, I forgot if it was in Cambodia or one, one place. They had a big, uh, might have been a garment manufacturing plant. They had a huge building collapse. Several thousand people got killed because they don't inspect. They don't care. It's modern slave labor. Hmm. Modern slave labor is all it is. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, the same free trade agreements, which allow these people to go overseas to get it produced dirt cheap with low tax rates, no regulations, if these same agreements, if they were to bring it back home and produce it here, will punish that company to produce it here. So you got to make it. You got to incentivize them to produce it here in the first place. And that's what yeah. Trump's wanting to do. That's yeah. why he's been slashing corporate tax rates and everything else. But you know, the thing is, let's say hypothetically, if a company wants to make a car in America and then sell it to another company or country. Will they put a massive import tariff on that car coming here? If that same company moves the manufacturer to Mexico and then that Mexico sells that, you know, then they sell it from Mexico to that country, the tariffs are real low. Yeah. So it's designed to do one thing. Get, it's designed to kill our manufacturing. And so every one of these free trade agreements, in my opinion, are extremely treasonous. They destroyed the country. And if people get a chance, look up. I had an older article from a um, journal. Um, 21 signs that once great American economy has been destroyed or neutered. And, and this is from like 2014, and so it's even worse now, but it, it's horrifying. We're not, yeah. we're not making hardly anything anymore. Well, and, that's, uh, and that's what a lot of people, why a lot of people in those swing states I've talked about, you know, uh, yeah. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, all of those, that's why they, that's how he won their vote, was talking exactly the way right. that you're talking, so. And, you know, that's why I'm no longer, I'm, I'm never will be a Democrat, but I'm no longer Republican either. 
you know, I consider myself, and I, I don't want to be a pseudo conservative like um, Rush Limbaugh, who who was who was totally for free trade agreements. He was he supported free trade agreements. You know, I, I he's got some other things I agree with him in, but when it comes to free trade agreements, I'm yeah. I disagree with them. And you know, Mark Levin and a lot of other people they support free trade agreements. Yeah. All it does is destroy the economy. Hey Brian, thanks for the call. Okay, thanks, guys. Great Bye-bye. to hear from you. Yeah, by the way, Fred Gertz was with the Institute of Government and Public Affairs. I wanted to make sure I got that right before I said it. <laughs> I don't like to guess. Uh, Rick in Oakwood. Hey, Rick. Hey, how are you doing, Brian? Good, sir. Good. Listen, on this free trade, uh, one of the things that I'm, you know, I kind of follow it in an ancillary position. I'm not really well studied on it. Um are the free are, are the uh, tariffs in place? Are they proposed? Are they actually happening? Do you know? Well, the tariffs today they just kicked in today. Okay, yeah. so today is when they actually started. Yeah. And then, but with the retaliation, uh, so so some of this has been proposed. Others are actually now starting to come into fruition. Yeah, I think there was some maybe back in March. That they talked about, and there, there's a whole list of like everything from pistachio nuts to, you know, wine was in there, and then there's a bunch of them more today. I think that are that both countries, both the U.S. and China, have said, "Hey, this is I'm going to hit them where it hurts." So uh, you know, they both have kind of ours have more to do with technology and so forth. Theirs have more to do with, um, you know, everything from soybeans to to other things. Well, I think a lot of this is uh, negotiation and, uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt used to always say, speak softly and carry a big stick. I think Trump speaks brashly and carries a big stick. And uh, his his negotiating style is, you know, you, you hammer the people, you try and get, you, you ask for three times what you want, and then it uh, looks like you're defeated when you settle for a third of what you asked for. And I'm wondering how much of this is actually him just, uh, you know, positioning and playing hardball, uh, trying to get some some uh, movement instead of just keeping the status quo. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And most people, most politicians that are in that office don't want to pay any kind of political price to step out there and do it. And that's kind of what he's yeah. doing. He's saying, hey, I'm going to challenge China on this. And I'm going to force them to negotiate to get these down. But right now it's going to, you know, might be a little hot early, but you got to stay in the kitchen is what he's saying. Right. Well, and I also think that I think he has two different negotiations going on at all times. He's got the public negotiation, which is real brash and, and outspoken and coarse. Uh, and then I think he has a more subtle negotiation going on behind the scenes where he has other people in there talking to him, trying to talk some uh, more realistic figures. I think that came out, especially with his North Korean stuff, where you know he was overtly over the top in the things he was saying publicly, but at the same time, he's sending other people over there uh, under, the, under the wire without the press knowing about it, doing more subtle negotiations. Oh yeah, I, and we're and we're not we're not the only country that does that. I mean, no. that's what everybody. I mean, you you'll have the Iranians say stuff for 
their public consumption, and then behind the scenes they're actually talking, you know, things like that. Exactly. And, and I think we're not used to that because our politicians like to hide behind, you know, the curtain while they're doing all the sausage making instead of doing it out in public. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of people in this country that are not comfortable with the sausage making of politics being done in the public. Uh, you know, it's going to be probably another decade or so before we know whether or not this was a, a strategy that works or not, but it's certainly a different tactic than we're used to. Oh, that's right. Hey, thank you, Rick. I appreciate the phone call. Take care. Yep. We've got Sarah and Doug up next. We've got the news with Michael Kaiser, 1033 here at DWS. Hang on the line. Right back to you. Penny for your thoughts continues on this Friday. Seems like a Tuesday, but it is a Friday (laughs) because of that day off in the middle. Hope you're ready for a great weekend. My uh, daughter, my oldest daughter, Lauren, turns 21 tomorrow. I have a 21-year-old daughter. Wow. Uh, 1037 here at uh, DWS. And I want to remind you that Mike Namoff has This Is It Furniture. He also has Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop, two great locations. Snooze, though, is just like any other, unlike any other store you're going to find. I mean, you won't believe the selection of mattresses. They've got the reveal machine. You go in. I mean, this is not like a five-minute, okay, I lay down. This feels good. I'll take it. No. You go in, you find out where your pressure points are, you find out, do you need a high pillow, a low pillow, a flat pillow, a soft pillow? Do you need a soft mattress, a firm mattress? Um, I mean, uh, I laid on one, I think they said it's like made from the sap of a rubber tree. I mean, it's, you know, nice and soft, and I mean, it's just, I like soft. Other people like firm mattresses. you got to find out which one works best. And they've got all the pillows. You wouldn't believe the pillows. They've got these travel pillows if you travel a lot. That are just fantastic. And they've got the regular size pillows. I mean, it, the wall is just, you just go in there, you'll be blown away by what you see. The pillows and mattresses. Check it all out at Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. It is unlike any other store you've been in. Mike Namoff is the man. He and his team, of course, an entrepreneur here in town. He's been selling furniture for a long time. You know that. You know the commercials. You know all the charity work he's done. He's worked with many uh, Hall of Fame baseball and football members, guys we know, Ditka. Sandberg and Brock and Dawson and Ozzie Smith and Pete Rose and Jim McMahon and been on TV for years and uh, but uh, he's he wants to take care of you and meet your needs there when it comes to the bedding and mattresses that you're going to get. So this is it furniture and snooze luxury mattress all under one roof located in the Country Fair Shopping Center Springfield and Mattis in Champaign. Say hi to Big Mike when you get the chance. Sarah's on the air. Hi Sarah. Good morning. Yes, good morning, Brian. I heard you talking earlier about the grain prices. Yeah. And I just thought I would let you know that today's cash grain price at the local elevator is three thirty per bushel, and for soybeans it's eight seventeen per bushel. Now, back on June seventh, the price for corn was three fifty four per bushel, and beans nine thirty one. I'd sure like to know where that fellow thought that farmers were going to be the ones to make a killing with the tariffs. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that's because I talked to somebody, I think it was Mike McCuskey, was telling me that uh, the soybean prices had gone down, which what you're saying from 931 to, what, 817. 
and the corn price fun. corn prices are going down a little bit. Yeah, and we'll. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The whole dynamic with how farmers do compared to the rest of the economy is an interesting study, I would think. Yeah. And now, see, you have to take it into consideration the price that the Board of Trade sets is not the price that you get at the elevator. That's the estimated price in the future, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, in fact, corn is off 24 cents off the Board of Trade price, and soybeans is off 40 three cents from the Board of Trade price. So, um, you, you know, it looks a little rosy maybe if you look at the Board of Trade. But yeah. No, that's the rubber hits the road, it's different. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know my dad would always try to figure out, okay, you know, is by December is it going to be better or or worse, and should I sell now or wait until I think it's better? And, that I mean, that's a little far off now, but. You know, I don't know if most of them use the three-month guess or the three-month uh, estimate or what, but but um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit like Las Vegas in a sense. <laughs> it is, yeah. and but it's, it's Las Vegas without the fun. <laughs> so yeah, I'll leave you with that. Yeah. No, a good good point. Uh, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you. Yep. Goodbye. Las Vegas without the fun. I like that. <laughs> Ten forty-one. By the way, the uh, tariffs uh, back in March. There were some tariffs early. Now I don't know if you've noticed any price increases or anything. In, um, for instance, these were on the list. There were 128 items that were hit with a tariff by the Chinese back in March, and this is different from the ones today. Uh, coconut, unshelled cashews, shelled cashews, hazelnuts, um, fresh or dried figs. Mangoes, grapefruit, lemon and limes, grapes, fresh strawberries. These were all hit with a 15% tariff back in March by the Chinese. Sparkling wine, modified ethanol, stainless steel pipes, just to mention a few. Pork products as well. Anyway, an interesting list. Let's go to uh, Jim in Urbana. Hi, Jim. Good morning. Morning, Brian. How are you? Thanks Good, for sir. taking my call. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I'm hoping you might be able to help me out here, but uh, it might be a stretch as well. Do you have any idea what the new configuration is going to be like in the horseshoe at Memorial Stadium when they do that? And I'll tell you the reason I ask is just yesterday a friend of mine and I secured front row seats in the horseshoe for this season and I'm you know ecstatic about that hoping to be able to keep my front row seats yeah didn't they change a lot I mean the original drawings had that whole horseshoe you know redone completely but a lot of the emphasis now has shifted more to the performance center on the east side of the stadium I think yeah, I, they, originally last year was going to be the last year for the horseshoe as we knew it, and then they set it back. And I just, I, I'm wondering now because of course I get these great seats, and yeah. how long, you know, are they still going to have a horseshoe of some sort there? Well, I would think so in some capacity, and I think right now, like I said, with the adjustment they've made, I think it got a little more lease on life. But, uh, oh. but I don't know what to tell you about your seats or how long they'll be there, but. You know, in, okay. in 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 the form they're in, right? But well, I know that as long as you, this is my uh, this is my sixth season going with season tickets, and uh, and I know that as long as you uh, re up by the middle of uh, 
April, I believe it is, you, you can get the same seats you had the season before. Mm-hmm. That's why my question is, you know, one of these years here coming fairly soon, that same seat I'm in right now isn't going to be there. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I'd still get preference on front row. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know my dad had the same issue with his basketball tickets because they, you know, they changed when they did all the renovation inside. Yep. They really um, messed that place up. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty nice, but, but yeah, I know everybody's got an opinion on it, but, uh, okay. Well, I don't know if I can, you know, when that drop dead date is, but, um, I know they changed the focus of what they were doing here recently. Right. So, all right. Well, okay. I I'd run that by you. All right. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it, Jim. And, uh, let's see here. How are we doing on spots? We need to get a break in Blake. Let's take a quick one. Back with uh, Doug and Bobby next. Hi, this is Jim Bohannon. Join us for the next Bohannon Show with ABC News Chief Legal Correspondent Dan Abrams and a look at the big legal issues of the day tonight at 9 on DWS. All right, back to the phones, and we got a little jammed up here. Uh, Doug, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. You know, I found it a little strange. You know, the theme of the parade this year was to honor all of us veterans, right? Yes. And the cute thing was the incredible... Garrett Anderson. Garrett has been a beneficiary of the Chess Center, and what he has done with his life and everything has been mind-boggling, plus all the work he does over there as an aide. And both Nick Osborne and Dustin Lang wrote by far the best, I'm going to repeat, the best transition guide from the military to college life that exists in the nation. There is none better than what they wrote. And, you know, when we put this, start working on putting this whole thing together, what we need, and, you know, you've serve the focus we need a collection point a distribution center for all of the medical information all the environmental information all of the training education information that veterans need you know i mean you guys with jim and carol have been totally instrumental in helping us get it out but that's something that needs to be done over there at the chess center and what nick and those guys were trying to do is really good so to find out they got all of a sudden now a tremendous change in leadership over there and the question I have, I was involved in the beginning of this thing with the, the deans, Bill, and everybody, and then Kyle, and then Nick and Dustin, is where do we want to go? Because as we know, and as we talked about in this radio show, the Department of Defense and the VA do not want the medical information or the environmental information out there in the public. They don't want the proper research done. You know, you've got all the copies of the documents there in your newsroom. Mm-hmm. What What are we going to do and what's going to happen? Because the... The number of us that were veterans, they got recalled activity, went to war from the U of I and returned to the U of I from war directly, that it needed help over all the years is staggering. Because one thing everybody maybe doesn't understand and don't, every time we got, if you were hired at the U of I and you're either academic, non-ac, or professional, whatever you had, if you got recalled to active duty, all they did is close your door and you came back to it after the war, which is what I did multiple times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's going to be real interesting to see this because Nick Osborne and Dustin Lang and then with the other ones and especially with Garrett, they have been indispensable in the transition from the military to college life, not only at the U of I and the region and the nation. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I know it's um, kind of heating up there with attorneys and different things. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the whole key thing is what we need is, like we've talked about before, and what you guys have served to do it, Jim and you have been wonderful on it, is we need to get all the information transitioned out, given to the info- people so we can get medical care and know what the heck happened to us and why it happened. That way we can lead productive lives. Yeah.
Good point, Doug. Hey, thank you. Thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate the phone call. Doug with us from up in uh, Rantoul. Let's go to uh, Bob in Urbana. Hey, Bob. Hi, everybody. Have a good fourth. Yeah, did you? Oh, didn't do a whole lot. Run out to eat the red lobster with my <laughs> oldest daughter and my youngest and her husband. Yeah. Did you have that's a? Did you have a? You have, you have a king crab? That, no, I had uh, my favorite. It's called Admiral Feast. It's got clams and, and shrimp and a white fish and about four different things. Wow. It's that there. Yeah. But what I was going to ask you, can you remember the year that, well, it wasn't that long ago, that the parade and the fireworks was canceled with storms and uh, heavy rain? Yeah, I don't remember which year it was, but I do remember when it happened. Okay. Yeah. Don't I, throw any, don't don't throw anything at me because <laughs> I really can't trick. Whatever weather's going to be, it's going to be. But I like to joke with people. Oh, well. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't too happy that year for as the fourth. No, and I think I want to say that was ten. Was it ten years ago? Maybe. I, I remember because we got we got ready, and it was still when the parade was going the other direction. Because well, we got was, we got to where the flow was, and they told us to you know we showed up, and it was just pouring down rain. They said, "Forget it." Well, uh, I I heard it was the first time it's ever been canceled or prayed and the fireworks this that same day. Yeah. Now I think seems and, like they did the fireworks a different night, didn't they? Uh, I can't remember, but no. I got to tell you this: uh, I was only in what you consider junior high, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. My dad was stationed at uh, Tinker Field in Oklahoma. And, of course, there's there's some kids I went to school with that were Mexican and Indian. So they like to tease me because uh, someone did uh, actually come off the reservation. So I learned how to do a rain dance. And I mm-hmm. wasn't very happy about something that 4th of July. So about... One minute before midnight, before the fourth came around, I went out towards a cornfield, did a rain dance. I did a rain dance in my yard. <laughs> so people that know me, Blake, Bob, you did it. You caused the whole fireworks so, and the parade to be canceled. That so day. you're the guy that did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. So I hope people right. listening don't hate me. but <laughs> Well, yeah. I, 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 I kind of did. Maybe you shouldn't have brought that up. You reminded them of it. Yeah, so I, I just wonder uh, if you're find out. Uh, a lot of times I do listen to your program. That uh, if you're find out what the date was and when the storm started, that that day where everything was canceled, uh, I I like to know because all right, I don't remember. I forget to write it down. Very good. Hey, thank you, Bob. All right, we'll Bye. see. We'll see if anybody knows. Yeah, Tinker Air Force Base, Midwest City, Oklahoma. The football team there was the Midwest City Bombers. The uh, I think the B I think B fifty twos were out of there, if I remember that right from Tinker Air Force Base. All right, uh, let's go to Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey there, Brian. What's up, man? Oh man, there's a lot going on. It's what in politics. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So are you the uh, you going to pick the next Supreme Court? Yeah, I think I, I think I think it's best for me to do that yeah. so I can so I can maintain keep my civil rights as a black man. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna lose out on that one. Yeah. So what but have you been anyway, up to? Brian, Go ahead. What what have you been up to? What's what's on your mind? 
I just can't understand it, man. Uh, I look at the history. I look at the history, and uh, and uh, the whole history of politics. Democrats have outdone the Republicans three to one. When it comes down to the economy, jobs, education, and everything else, uh, social programs, Democrats out, outdone the, the Republican three to one. Like Social Security, that was brought in by the, uh, the Democrat, Democratic and uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare, Democrats. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you this, um, um, Brian. The economy, it seems like every time we get a president, a Republican president, and we get a, a Republican Congress and Senate, the, the, the economy go down, go to flop. And then it takes a Democrat, a Democrat president and Congress to straighten it all out. And then we go, to, and then we go through that cycle over and over again. Mm-hmm. Brian, mm-hmm. I, I just can't. Maybe you can explain to me. <laughs> well, why, I would. Well, the why, uh, let the, why let the Republican run anything? Well, seems to be going okay right now. The economy. Yeah, it's doing mm-hmm. real well there right now because it's getting, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting, it's because of Obama. <laughs> Obama and the Democrats put everything the way it is now, yeah. but now we change it over to a, a, a Republican president and a Republican Congress, and here we go right through that cycle again. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, I got to move, but have a great weekend, okay? All right, thank you. Thank you, sir. Back in a moment, we got Joseph waiting. We'll get to more after this. Hi, I'm Tamara McDaniel. Get answers to your gardening questions with the plant experts live at Prairie Gardens tomorrow morning at 8.15 here on DWS. All right, back to the phones here. May have time for just one more. Joseph in Champaign. Hi, Joseph. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Good. Real real quick, uh, to the caller about the horseshoe, yeah. I don't think they're going to tear it down real quick or real fast because... As we speak, I'm out here painting this handrail on this thing, and it's been hotter than blazes for the last <laughs> week or so. So if they're painting, if they're painting the, if they're if they're painting the railing, it's not going anywhere for a while. That's right. Yeah, yeah. my labor's got to be worth something. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah, because uh, and like I said, there was a big drawing they did at one time that they were going to put all the uh, offices and everything on that end, right? And then they've shifted it now to the the other center there on the east side. Right. I think it was a money thing. Bill, you know, when they say stuff here at the university, it usually happens about five years later. <laughs> well, I appreciate your work that you do because I know, you know, the, with all these projects, somebody's got to actually build it and paint it and make it happen. So I know you're one of those guys. Well, I'm fortunate to have a job. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Joseph. Okay. Thanks, Brian. You're thanks. doing a great job. Thank you. There you go, a guy on the scene at uh, Memorial Stadium. All right, that's all the time I'm going to have for calls today. I do need to mention uh, Busey, your social media followers, can enter to win in a familiar favorite new giveaway in 2018. Connect with at Busey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to participate in Fulfilling Dreams and Friday Freebie. It's underway. Dreamers have already received $1,500 to help fly family members to a college graduation ceremony and provide a family trip after a difficult year. 
And a Friday freebie continues throughout 2018. And you can learn more about all of this at Busey.com slash 150 for rules on it. Look for Friday freebie August 3rd and October the 19th. And there's a chance to um, just win some great uh, things, including a $100 digital gift card. So uh, check that out. You can find out what all that means. I don't quite understand all of that, but you can uh, <laughs> learn about it. Connect with Busey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram today. Go to Busey.com slash 150 and look it up. See what it says. All right, thank you to all the folks who stopped in today uh, on various topics, from the Burnham Mansion to the um, Center for Wounded Veterans to the tariffs. Covered a lot of ground today. Thanks for being with us. Stay cool out there. It's going to be a nice weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday with Erica Harold and Kendall Gill on WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Tone, 11 o'clock. Central Time.